0: from First Counseling and welcome to Sincerely Yours A First Counselor Podcasts. Uh, it's a series of blogs, readings and audio meanderings through the world of mental health and well-being. Hello and welcome to episode 10 um, of A First Counselor Podcasts. Um, it's been nice seeing uh, that people have been listening uh, to the podcast, and uh, and hopefully, you know, getting something out of it. Um, I've been told uh, that the volume's a little bit low, so uh, I'm going to see about correcting that and try and be a little bit more mindful of some of the uh, uh, the audio sound of things. At the moment, I'm out walking my dog, I'm trying to think about what what this week's episode was going to be about and i thought i would talk about um, well-being particularly uh, an approach that i'm aware of or a uh, sort of a uh, a theory and a method to kind of improve well-being called the five ways to well-being see back in 2005 Uh, the the local, the the government of the time, and that which was the coalition government, funded a study into looking at well-being uh, and looking at the impact it was having on on people's health and on their long-term health. And through that, they engaged with a think tank called the New Economics Foundation. So this this study was funded, it was researched. uh, And what happened was that the, New Economics Foundation came back with a sort of like a a method to support people's well-being. They found that people's life expectancy could be greatly increased uh, and the benefits to people's lifestyles could be massively improved if they followed a simple pattern of looking after certain aspects of their well-being. And these five ways to well-being were as follows. They talked about... (laughs) giving of your time and you know uh, giving of yourself to other people so things like around voluntary work and things like that the the obvious one that they talked about was about being active they said it was important to be active and to uh, engage with some kind of physical activity to improve your well-being they also talked about taking notice taking notice of uh, the little things in life and remembering the little things that give you joy Um, they mentioned about keep learning that it was important to keep learning uh, and to keep uh, sort of like stretching yourself and trying new experiences, uh, and the last of the five points, the five ways to well-being was to connect. So the idea was that if you did each of these five ways to well-being on a daily basis, that it would improve your your life expectancy, it would improve your health, it would improve your mental health. And so I thought I would look at each one of those in, in turn and kind of uh, talk a little bit about them. And I'm going to start with Connect. Because as a counsellor, as a therapist, connecting, connecting with human beings, connecting with people is, you know, basically my bread and butter. It's, it's massively important. Uh, and for myself and that, talking to people has, has always been something that I've been fascinated with. It's always been something that I've enjoyed uh, I enjoy having conversations, I've always enjoyed listening to people. You know, in, uh, in my training as a counsellor, when I, I learned the sort of art of communication uh, and the depth with which you, know, you can actually really engage with another human being, um, I found how massively beneficial that it could be. You know, I connect with people on a daily basis all the time. And I think we live in an interesting time because we live in an interesting time when we have the technology and the ability to connect with people in so many varied and different ways. Um, For instance, right now, I'm talking into a telephone recording a podcast, which is going to be listened to by someone else, maybe in another part of the world. And it's a form of connection. It's a form of interaction you know, We send a text message or we send an emoji or we send an email or we send a Facebook message or a Snapchat picture. Um, and it is a form of connection. However, I think what we're, we're starting to lose or what I worry about that we're starting to lose is that that important face-to-face connection. Or that at least that, that voice-to-voice connection. I think connecting with people uh, on a regular basis is really important. I think one of the worries of of social media, one of the worries of, you know, being engaged in a in a virtual world is that we're losing that ability to, to connect with people in a very real and pure way. And so that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today. I'm going to talk about connection. I'm going to talk about why connection is important. Um and, uh, and i 'm going to start by by talking about some you know a, something in the break is is going to kind of be mindful of that as well uh, when i 'm going to review a film um, that 's going to be like a, a little bit of a a connection to the theme of today so i 'd like to share with you uh, a movie this week. Um, and it's a, it's a real favourite of mine, probably one of my uh, all time kind of greatest movies. There's, that's quite a long list, though, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but this film is a seminal film for me. It's the 1985 film, written and directed by John Hughes, The Breakfast Club. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? give you the answer to that question mr bender next saturday the breakfast club is about five students forced to spend a detention together in saturday uh, and what's kind of unique about it is the fact that they've taken these five stereotypes they've taken the nerdy guy uh, the the really popular guy who's like good at sports they've taken uh, the beautiful prom queen pop princess the strange little weird girl and, and then also the, the, the bad boy, uh, the rebel guy. And the force kind of be together, coming from their different backgrounds, their different uh, experiences, their different uh, socioeconomic circumstances. Um, and the film really kind of posits the idea that regardless of your backgrounds, regardless of your experiences, if you strip away all those exteriors, you're left with five people who were very, very similar. And part of that is kind of brought together. They have a common enemy and that which is Mr. Verne, Dick Verne, the, the teacher who just is so annoyed at having to be there on the Saturday that he kind of really cements them all together and causes them all to end up kind of banding together and supporting each other. But initially, you know, what we see is these five young people trying to get one up on each other or trying to fit in or trying to be a part of or trying to show how cool they are. Uh, but slowly those masks start to slip and they start to fade and then what we're left with are these five incredibly raw individuals that are all just trying to get through this a day at a time. They're scared and they're frightened and they're struggling to belong. Another great part of the movie that I, I particularly like is towards the end of the film when you've seen them sort of bonding and connecting with each other and this is what happens that over this day they start to connect with each other and then what really starts to happen is a question arises what's going to happen on Monday when we're all back at school together I mean I consider you guys my friends now I'm not wrong am I there's a question posited by one of the characters Brian um, and Andrew and that the sporty guy goes yeah 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 we're friends And Claire, the pop princess, is the only one who's honest enough to say, no, we're not. And, you know, if if I see you, I might say hello to you, but if I'm with my friends, the minute you kind of go past, I'm going to cut you down, I'm going to make fun of you. And then she's lambasted for this, and everyone has a real go at her for a bad day. But the reality is, is that's what's going to happen. Because regardless of how much they might like each other, how much they might get on with each other, the reality is is that they have so many different pressures from outside and that from their peers, that although for this moment in time they've connected, beyond that it's gonna be really quite difficult. It's an incredible film for its time. Um, it's funny and it's quirky, it's got a great cast, and I would recommend either getting it up on Netflix or, or getting it on DVD or watching it online. Um, it's a favorite of mine, you know, this podcast is called sincerely yours a first counselor and that's no mistake you know i take it from the line from the film uh, which is what kind of inspired me to call it what i did Uh, so i recommend that you go out and watch it now and really see how how these people kind of demonstrate it doesn't matter how different you may appear to be there is a commonality if you're willing to look for it except the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain, and an athlete, and a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, Club. Don't, 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 don't about when we connect with another person, we're sharing a part of us each interaction is an opportunity to develop our relationships, reassure us that we are no longer alone in the world. We're distracted by the harsh realities, but for a moment it can help build our self-worth and self-esteem if we connect with another person. At times we can become so consumed by our loves and by our lives and by the many roles we inhabit that we forget to really connect with people. We live in a world of instant messaging and emojis. Connecting on a real level with a person is becoming more and more rare. On the NHS website, in the five ways to well-being, they write that when it comes to our well-being, other people matter. Evidence shows that good relationships with family, friends, and our wider communities are important to our mental well-being. Mental well-being means feeling good about ourselves and the world around us and functioning well. Building stronger, wider social connections can help us feel happier and more secure and gives a greater sense of purpose. Human beings are social animals. Relationships build a sense of belonging and self-worth. Strong relationships with family and friends allow us to share our feelings and know that we're understood they provide an opportunity to share positive experiences and can give us an emotional support they give us a chance to support others something else that's known to promote mental well-being there's also evidence that well-being can be passed on through relationships and being around people with strong mental well-being can improve your own mental well-being building relationships for well-being means Strengthening your relationships with people who are close to you, such as family and friends. Broadening your relationships in your community and the wider world. And there are lots of ways to build stronger and closer relationships. If possible, take time each day to be with your family. This can include a fixed family time each day. Arrange a day out with friends that you haven't seen for a while. Switch off the TV and play a game with the children or just talk. Make the effort to phone people sometimes. It's all too easy to get into the habit of only ever texting, messaging or emailing people. Speak to someone new today, have lunch with a colleague, visit a friend or family member who needs support or company, or maybe volunteer at a local school, hospital or community group. And and do make the most of technology, video chats apps like Skype and FaceTime are a great way of staying in touch with friends and family, particularly if you do live far apart. I telephoned my brother the other day, we haven't spoken for about seven years, not for any particular reason, we had not fallen out or anything like that, um, we just don't talk a great deal of the time, um, he lives in Scotland uh, and I live in Yorkshire, um, we've just never been great communicators with each other, I guess that's a bit of an odd relationship to a lot of people. And it was whilst I was thinking about this subject, this this idea of, of looking after your wellbeing and that idea of connecting and how important that is, that I suddenly thought to myself, I haven't phoned my brother for a while. In fact, the last time I remember phoning him was shortly after my wedding, which he'd attended. And I was on the fishing bank and I thought I'd give him a ring and we had a short conversation. And then for any number of reasons, we just haven't spoken. We've liked certain things on, on uh, Facebook. And uh, I've, I've sent him messages on his birthday and, and likewise. But we hadn't actually spoken. So I rang him up the other night. And I knew before I rang him, I thought, this is probably going to freak him out. You know, he's going to see my number come up on his phone. And his first thought's going to be, what's wrong? What's happened? Is he Okay. And he answered the phone and, and then we started chatting and then we just talked and laughed and both apologised to each other because we're rubbish at keeping in touch with each other. And we caught up and found out what each other's been up to, you know, the different things that are going on in our lives now. And then we both said, we'll, we'll make an effort, we'll make an effort to, to, to keep in touch, to connect and it was good to catch up with him. It's good to catch up with people who are important to you, people who have been a part of your life. I spend a lot of time messaging my best friend. You know, he's been my best friend for over 40 years. We use WhatsApp, we never talk on the phone. And again, I guess that's a little bit odd. We we find it really quite difficult talking on the phone we'll have long-winded conversations about various things on whatsapp but we won't actually speak to each other the last time we spoke to each other on the phone was when the star wars movie had come out and han solo had died and i was absolutely berated uh, and just inconsolable and we chatted about that usually what will happen is i'll go over and visit and stop the night. And then we'll stand there in the kitchen or sit down and just talk for like three, four hours solidly. And and that's how we connect. We connect on a face-to-face level. And we connect a little bit over social media, such as WhatsApp, but it's actually face-to-face where we actually come into our own and we talk. And I guess that was a reason why I wanted to highlight the importance of connecting with people. You know, I email people and I uh, message on social media a lot, but it's actually when I sit down face-to-face with people or or sit down and have a real voice conversation with people that I feel like I'm really connected with them. When I can hear their tone of voice or when I can see the expression on their face. It helps me feel closer to myself and it helps me um, improve my relationships with those nearest and dearest to me. Well, that's us kind of coming to the end of this episode. I hope it's been of some use to you. Um, I'm going to look at the, the other four ways to well-being, and I will put links into the NEC documents and, and the research that came out alongside it. Um, and I do kind of hasten people to to really kind of think long and hard about how you look after your well-being and what little things you can do to improve your well-being. Until next time, here's the outro. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If people would like to contact me, you can email me on info at firstcounseling.co.uk or you can tweet me at t underscore counselling and also if you liked this at all and you'd like to uh, give it any kind of rating if you go onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and just give it a rating, give it a couple of stars um, write a comment or two Um, I welcome any kind of questions any kind of criticisms and any kind of praise Um, and until next time I'll sign out with a simple, sincerely yours, a first counsellor. It's uh, the afternoon on the 2nd of February and I'm out walking my dog and I thought I'd take a moment to, uh, to take notice of what's going on around me. Currently listening to the sounds of my kelly kettle, which is boiling some water for a, uh, a well-deserved cup of coffee, and I'm very much aware of how quiet it is right now. I can hear traffic in the distance, and I can hear the the, the wood burning away, and and the smell the smell of the wood burning is. Um, very evocative of being outside and childhood days of camping, uh, it's a very peaceful time. My lovely Labrador is wandering around having a sniffle around to see what he can smell. I'm aware of the cold, cold wind that's blowing, but it's not too cold, it's, it's quite relaxing really. Um, and and it's it's a very good way of kind of getting you know comfortable with nature and being one with nature i'm also aware of of how different the landscape looks at the moment the birds which are swooping around looking for for worms and that seem to be mainly seagulls um, but it's a very kind of relaxing time um And I recommend anyone to just take five minutes out of your life and to just go out there, regardless of what's going on, and take notice.